Ray's Boom Boom Room. That's Eddie Murphy in the movie Life. Don't we miss Eddie Murphy? Don't we miss the young Eddie Murphy? Well, he, was, he wasn't that young in that movie, but he was younger before he started doing all these uh, family-friendly movies, which, that's okay. You know, he gets to appeal to a younger generation, but those of us who grew up on young Eddie Murphy, we kind of miss him. But Ray's Boom Boom Room, man, I think about that a lot. Just his description, especially initially. His description was, yes, it's the most happeningest place in in New York. But it's in my mind right now. <laughs> but if you haven't seen the movie, what happens is all the they're prisoners. So all the prisoners go back to their bunks. And later that night, uh, one of the guys turns over. It's like, hey, hey, Ray, which is Eddie Murphy's character. Hey, Ray, tell me a little bit about the Boom Boom Room. And Eddie starts to describe his and what he envisions the Boom Boom Room to be like. And everyone in the entire bunk is listening to him and imagining themselves in the Boom Boom Room. And it in that in that instance, it took them away from where they were at in life. Isn't that cool? And and I'm I'm gonna tie that to today's episode like the 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 theme behind today's episode which is personal branding <laughs> and i bet you're like I, i'm really interested to see how he's going to tie this together but it's about taking an idea and even if you're small like you're small it's just you you're a freelancer but taking the idea behind your work and bringing it to people so that they can see it that's really important. The, the not even the storytelling aspect, but the aspect behind, you know, or, or the the thought behind what you're doing with everything you do when it comes to your brand. Is it well thought out? Have you taken the easy route and you threw up a one-page website with a logo and now you're that, now you're that designer? You know, I'm, you can look at my website, you can see that I'm qualified. Are you that person? Or can you be a little better? I think, I think we can all be a little better. I think we all should work on ourselves as much as we work on client work. Right? So I'm going to kind of walk you through the steps that I took and the steps I've seen many successful people take um, to further influence a potential client or a potential partner, whoever you're trying to influence, 
just these small actions can influence them to want to work with you. And there's a design element, there's a marketing element, there's a psychological element to this all, but I guess the common theme is doing things well, as well as you can when it comes to yourself. So let, let's start with your brand, okay? What's your brand? Obviously, you start off with a company name, you know, whether or not you're LLC'd or S-Corp'd or whatever, you, you have your name, your, your company name. And it's usually your name or your last name and then what it is. So if your name's John Smith, it's the Smith Design Firm. That's what we all do. I did it. The Montgomery Group Marketing. That's what I did. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think names are kind of cool. Um, it associates you with the name. So if you do networking right or if you do promotion right, uh, people don't have to search for either your name exactly or your brand's name. If they search their your brand's name, they'll find you, right? So let's let's think about this. Let's think about when people think about you and your brand. What's the first thing they think about? Probably a logo or probably... Uh, something that you've done uh, that's interested them. Now, if you're a marketer, that's kind of hard. It's hard to show marketing to someone. It's hard to show uh, search engine optimization to someone and have them, you know, rem or in a short span of time. Usually, you have to set up meetings for that. But logos, a logo. You start with a logo. A logo is a logo, right? It can be as simple as you want it to be. Or it could be as complicated as you make it. But but the logo is, you have to have a logo. Whether it's, you know, the initials of your company name or it's a actual icon that represents what you do. Um, start with the logo. But let's, let's think about all these together. Let's think about your logo, your website, your style your approach to your brand. You have to think of it, uh, uh, of all of it from a bird's eye perspective. Okay? What you want to happen is if somebody sees something of yours, they need to be able to associate it with your work, like with your style of work. Okay? So I made a real concerted effort when branding myself to make sure that my logo, my website, even my personal style uh, all of it was synonymous. Was that was that the word? All of it made sense together. From every image I put out to every Instagram photo I put out to you know some of you write quotes or post quotes. You know all of that has to make sense to who you are as a brand. And I have some do's and don'ts for you, um, especially when it comes to social. Because, man, people, man, uh, entrepreneurs, we, we usually do it wrong when it comes to social. There are right ways to do it. There's an organic approach, which is the right way. And then there's the forced approach, which is the most off-putting, wrong way you can approach social. Okay? Now, when you start your company, you got your website, and... You're going to want to make a Facebook page. Why? 
because people that you know are on Facebook. And it's easy to get in touch with them, right? Hey, just launched this. Please go like it. Like my Facebook page. Do all these things I'm asking you to do, even though I haven't given you any incentive to do so. I've given you nothing. This is my initial launch, and I want you to go like everything. And share it. Share it, too. On your stuff. On your platform. Thanks. <laughs> oh, man, I do not like that. I don't like... And this is just me. This might work for other people, but I don't tag me in a post with 400 other friends and announce your launch. We haven't spoken about what you're launching. I, haven't, I probably haven't spoken to you in years. But now I'm expected to make an action. Do you see how that's kind of wrong? How that's kind of pushy? And that's what I mean, your approach. It, it has to be organic. And, and this is the slow way of getting traffic, mind you. This is the slow way of getting interest. But it's the right way. What I, here's what I suggest. You start with your personal Facebook. After some time, after you've actually done some work, and you've done some work that's validating and impressive, uh, and has been shown to be impressive, then maybe say, hey, guys, go check this thing out. I worked really hard on it. Give me some feedback if you want. And leave it. Leave it. Don't tag people in it. Don't push it out to all of your social media networks and watch it like a hulk to see how much engagement it got. Don't do that. It's not going to get much engagement, except for your, from your mom or dad, brother or sister. Our brother and sister are probably going to just laugh. Just put that laughing with the, with the tears emoji. Because <laughs> that's what siblings do. But take that approach, man. Don't come at it like, you, like people are expected because they're connected with you on social to approve of your stuff and help you promote it. I get so many requests, man. So many requests. Like my new page. You know, share this. Listen to this. And I, I don't do it, man. What, what, what podcast do we listen to? We listen to podcasts that we either stumble on or that we've seen on maybe a Reddit thread or on Twitter where somebody who we trust has promoted it. Right? Are we listening to our cousin's podcast? Probably not. Are we our cousin's demographic, target demographic? Probably not. So what, if you are a designer, what, what are you doing on Facebook sending a blast out to your friends and family, telling them to go like your stuff? What is that going to do for you? It's going to waste your time. For sure. You know, you can boost posts on Facebook to a certain target demographic. That's what you should do. If you're, if you're a website developer and you want to 
develop websites for travel agencies. You can target people who are interested in marketing in the travel world. Something like that. Not your friends and family. Man. You know, you post your work. Post your work. Post post your efforts. Post your story behind a project is what I'd encourage you to do. Hey guys, I've been working for five months on this. That's why I've been kind of out of pocket. Not that it would interest you at all, but if you have a chance, check it out. Let me know what you think. Here's the link. That sounds good. I'd probably check that out. Man, this person worked a lot of months on this and has been out of pocket. <laughs> to be out of pocket on social, you have to be like in the trenches of a project. For sure. Right? Don't be pushy. Okay? This is your brand. So, this is your brand. You're, you get to make the rules. Don't make posts and say, guys, like my new logo. Hey, guys, I just made a new blog post. Go read it and like it. What's the blog post? Unless the blog post is about people reaching out on you to Facebook for, on Facebook to like new blog posts. Don't do that. It's not your target demographic. And you should have your target demographic figured out. Your target demographic is not everyone. Oh, this could be a whole separate pocket, er, episode. But you have to have a target demographic if you're doing work. And your target isn't small businesses or isn't businesses in this area. You have to create your perfect client profile and go after those people. You have to know what you're making content, who you're making content for. Who are you building your website to appeal to? What logo is going to make this type of person's eyebrows go up and pique their interest? Are you thinking about that? It's, it's, it's really fun at the beginning to make something that you think is cool. Right? It's cool. It's, it's always fun to make a cool, a dope logo. You got a cool website with parallax and video background. Geometrical shapes. You click one item in the navigation bar and it scrolls you down automatically. That's cool, man. <laughs> and then you go talk to the local dry cleaning company. They don't need that website. <laughs> they don't need a cool logo. What do they need? Clients, customers. That's what everybody needs. That's why people are coming to you coming to you for work. Unless they're top tier companies with top tier budgets and are only thinking about brand awareness, they're coming to you for help with their to help grow their business. And cool stuff does not always cut it. Listen, I've learned this. I've learned this. I, I, I was under the impression that as long as I made something that looked phenomenal, it would grow somebody's business. It's not always the case. 
Remember in the first episode where I said people make crappy stuff all the time and they make a killing out of it? So, some, sometimes you, you can't succeed when you're only thinking about making something that's going to benefit your portfolio that you can then show to people, right? Man. And that kind of goes against what I just said earlier. But sometimes that's the case, you know? But if you find, if you, if you figure out that template with a certain type of client in a certain industry, it can be replicated. And you can start to shape your brand to appeal to more clients that you've been successful to, for. To, for, for more, more people like the clients you've been successful for. Excuse me. Does that make sense? For example... I do AdWords for an insurance agency. And for a while, we were running social ads for them. And they weren't getting as much traction as I hoped they would. Mind you, we were going for two, two different things. One, they wanted to get their name out there, so they wanted that advertising aspect, that brand awareness, right? Two, they wanted their phones to ring. We took the Facebook ad approach. We got their brand out there to everyone in, on Facebook locally, you know, 70, 80,000 impressions, which is awesome. Not a big budget. And I told them, we need to test out AdWords. It's going to be less money for me, yes, but we need to test out AdWords. Because your phones aren't ringing, and all we're getting is Facebook comments about how much they like the post. <laughs> That's not, that, it, that, those don't convert into calls, right? And it's hard to target somebody on Facebook who might be interested in buying insurance, right? We knew that going in, but brand awareness. That's one way to, to, to create brand awareness. We moved to AdWords. First month, actually first two weeks, 75 calls. They got 75 calls in two work weeks through AdWords. We also changed their homepage. Their homepage was really conceptual. It was, it was really beautiful. It talked about the, agent, the, the agency's uh, ties to the city, you know, how they're a locally owned and locally run agency. Great storyline. Man, great storyline. Great imagery. Very few calls to action. Why? Because it was about the brand. It's about the company. Until the owner said, well, we need to get business. <laughs> so what do we do? We change the homepage. We make it very minimalistic. Calls to action throughout. And when I say calls to action, I mean buttons contact now fill out a quote form call us now call us now fill out a quote form these sites that you and I might look at it and say holy crap this is just a somebody put this up just to like there's no good user experience here listen guys 75 calls and 18 full-on quote quote forms filled out which matched like six months worth of what we got them before. Now, listen guys, 
That's not what we're used to doing. We're used to making great stuff. Does that lessen the quality of our work? Does it? Did it lessen the quality of my work? I don't think so. You know? But did it... Did our did my relationship with the client become better? Absolutely. Absolutely. So how does that tie into personal branding? You're probably asking, because I'm asking that now. <laughs> but it, it ties in because I have one more thing, one more one more piece of data that helps me shape and frame the type of clients that I know I can be successful for. That brings me to another point. A lot of times when you're, when you're just starting off or if you've been in it for a while and maybe you're, you're, you're caught in this loop, but we go to these you know network marketing events. Uh, we go to local meetups. Um, and we're just trying to connect with a community, right? We're trying to connect with a community so that people know that, hey, my brand exists now. Here's my business card. Look at my logo. Isn't it cool? Don't, do you like it? Isn't it cool? It's got my website on it. Maybe go home and check it out. Or look at it now on mobile. It's responsive. Look it out. Look, check it out. Are we in the right place when we do that? Are we talking to the right people there? I don't think so. Why are we spending our time connecting with other people in our industry? Are we going to get work from them? Absolutely not. No, we won't. We won't. You won't get referrals from other entrepreneurs just starting up. Because you would never refer new work to another entrepreneur just starting up. Because he has a logo and a and a and a card and a website, so he's what competition. <laughs> that's how we think. The weirdos we are, we're like, oh, that's competition. Got to make sure my company looks and grows way better than theirs. But back to my point. Where do we need to be, guys? Okay, say you were me and you did that well for an insurance company. Where do you need to go? What network events do you need to be involved with? You need to be at the next progressive insurance show. <laughs> I don't know if that exists. You need to be at the expo, the local expo. Right? You need to be around where... You need to find out where these insurance agents and, and, and locally earned insur owned insurance firms hang out. Right? Not with other marketers, not with other designers, not with other consultants, because you're just going to talk shop and exchange cards and go home and then try to get to your target audience where you could have spent that day going to them. And there are other ways to do that. You know, you don't have to attend a network event, but if you're going to, if you want to be involved with people and, they, and you want to get your brand out there, that might be a part of it. You might have to take off the antisocial mask and put on that fake weirdo mask where we smile and we sit through seminars. And at the end of it, 
if there's a meet and greet, we get to say, no, I'm not in insurance. I actually do marketing for insurance, and uh, I'm interested to see, you know, where where the uh, industry's going. Don't you think that would pique someone's interest there? Don't you think it would make them think that you're really doing your due diligence to figure out how to market in their industry better? Because you'll be the only one there. You'll be the only marketer, designer, whatever, there. That's personal branding to me. That's smart personal branding. The other, the other companies that are like yours in your city, in your area, don't even need to know about you. Seriously. They don't even know, need to know you exist. Who needs to know you exist? Your target demographic. The people who need you. And I understand. When you're starting off, you're like, uh, I don't know what, where to go. Who, who's my demographic? You'll figure it out. You'll work one to five to maybe ten deals. And you'll find that one that, that really set right with you. The one where they paid you really well. And they weren't overbearing and they weren't scope creeps. You know? They liked your stuff the first time. Very minimal revisions. They want to keep you on retainer. Hey. Green flag. Green flag? Red flag. Green flag? <laughs> the opposite of a red flag? You should maybe think about going with that industry. Right? You're good at it. Naturally. You're naturally good at it. Then you can start, like I said, tweaking your brand to appeal to those types of people. Because you're going to start doing outreach. That's going to come organically too. You're going to start an email campaign. You're going to put out an email blast. You're going to have great candid, er, canned emails to send to these people. You're gonna the, the the case studies that you get from that first client, you're gonna you're gonna make it into a booklet, or you're gonna make it into an online PDF. You're gonna use that to get their business, business from people who acted like that great client acted with you. Oh man. There's your company, guys. And it might not be a sexy company, excuse me. But it might not be a sexy industry to work in. But if you can get the work done and they validate you for your work and you don't feel like you've been used all day, every day, and you're getting paid well, you'll be fulfilled, right? That's what personal branding is to me. So stop writing your friends on Facebook for their validation and get validation from people who can benefit you. Okay. Oh, I hope that helps, guys. I hope it helps. It took a while for me to figure that out. You know, you want to be, you want to be uh, seen as a star among your peers. But at the end of the day, man, your peers are just—they're at the same network marketing meeting you're at. <laughs> you don't want to be peers with them. They don't need to know about you. Do great work on your own, man. Do great work. And do great work for your clients. And the rest will come. I promise. Alright. 
That's the third podcast, guys. Give yourselves a pat on the back. We, man, you know what? I'm taking all of you out to Ray's Boom Boom Room next week. We're going. We're all going. Drinks on me. <laughs> I hope you got something out of this, guys. Listen to the next one. That'd be cool. If not, that'd be cool, too. Talk to you guys soon.